0: Amen. If you would stand, we want to glean together from the word of God found in the words of Solomon. The book of Ecclesiastes, the book of Ecclesiastes chapter number 3 verses 1 and 2 in the very presence of the Lord. I want to offer some helpful suggestions to you as we are currently in the middle of some of the hottest weather and heat indexes are well in the triple digits I want to encourage you to stay hydrated I want to encourage you to know that water's not the only nutrient that we need because we often need those electrolytes replaced in our system I want you to exercise caution in all that you do continue to remember all our church family Whom are hospitalized and separated from us at this time. That the Lord would continue to strengthen them. That they might be encouraged by his presence and by his word. I said at the onset of COVID that it's going to challenge us. And there are going to be new things birthed in us as a society. And that indeed has happened. But it is the Bible that tells us there's nothing new under the sun. Even though new ideas, concepts have been generated all because of the restrictions and conveniences placed on us as a people by COVID, we are still marching homeward. Somebody say amen. We are still marching homeward. And the Lord's return is soon. Brother Anthony, one thing that we've noticed during COVID is that a lot of professional businesses and places of business now, they don't take walk-ins anymore. So I want to title today's message by appointment only. And it revolves around some of those inconveniences that COVID has caused us. For now, if we're going to see a physician, it's by appointment only. By appointment only. Let's read together from the Word of God, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. You there? The Word of the Lord says, To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time. To pluck up what is planted. God, would you add your blessing today to your red word in our presence. We ask in this moment, God, that the power of the Holy Spirit is released among us as a congregation. To minister, Lord, to the respective needs that lie among us as your children. We believe, Lord Jesus, that your word will not go out void, but will accomplish That of which you have intended. We thank you in advance. In Christ Jesus' name, God's church shouted, Amen, Amen, and Amen. By appointment only. An appointment is an arrangement, it's a meeting, it revolves around the word exclusive or around the word solely. One of life's most commonly asked questions is, has God appointed a time for me to die? Has God appointed a time for me to die? Well, some contend that Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27 tells us that indeed God has appointed a time for us to die. The word of the Lord says it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. So I want to help us understand that that verse implies that we have an inescapable appointment with the reality of death. Somebody said, but pastor, you just read a verse that stated these words. but Within the context of that verse, we are understanding that the writer is discussing the cycles that are associated with Life. For life can be extended. Y'all don't get too quiet on me now. I said life can be extended. Brother Anthony Paul says to the Ephesian church, Honor your mother, mother and father that your days may be lengthened or extended upon the earth. For this is the first commandment with promise. So in essence, what the writer is trying to say to us, Brother Bobby, is that if we live a godly life, one that honors our mother and our father, then we can extend our lives. But here's another startling reality. We can also take away from our lives. Isn't that true, saints of God? We can extend our lives by making wise decisions. Look at Deuteronomy chapter number 6 and verse number 2. This is Moses speaking to the children of Israel, the entire congregation. He says in verse 2 that you may fear the Lord your God to keep all his statutes and commandments which I command you, you and your son and your grandson, all the days of your life that your days may be prolonged. All the way back in the book of beginnings, the book of Genesis, Moses, the great lawgiver, deliverer of God, said that we could add to our life. But Brother Jerry was contingent upon the word if. If you obey the Lord's commands. Remember Israel. The book of Deuteronomy is the book of remembrance. And many, many times in the book of Deuteronomy, Moses says, see that you fail not to remember. Don't forget, but remember. We can add to our life here on earth if we obey the Lord's command. But in contrast, we can shorten our days by taking part in foolish actions and or decisions. Let's look at Ecclesiastes 7 and 17. He says, do not be overly wicked, nor be foolish. Why should you die before your time? Some contend that God has given us 70 years. How many people that you know that were in service to God died before they were 70 years old? And how many of us said that they must have done some bad things because they died before they received the promise of 70 years? That was under another dispensation. Y'all better help me while I'm preaching. But we're now under the dispensation of grace. And we can add to or we can take away from our time here upon the face of the earth oh my, this is better preaching than you're responding but I'll I'll take my time it doesn't matter how careful that we are we can expect this we can expect that one day we're going to face the grim reality of death thank God the Bible said that death which is the last known enemy of man is going to eventually be put down how many of us know that one day death will be a thing that we won't even hear about anymore what saddened me is that this week I noticed in my neighborhood that I saw a lot of cars gathering at a particular home and I said I don't know what's going on. I don't want to be nosy uh, or intrude upon anybody's rights to privacy, but something has caused this great number of vehicles to gather in this yard. I later discover that it was the grandson of my former neighbor who was tragically killed in a car accident on Monday uh, evening. Saddened me, 18 years old, just graduated high school, had the whole world in front of him. I don't pretend to have all the answers, but I do know this. That in the end we can be encouraged to know that there's going to be a time, thank God, when death will be no more. I don't have the words to comfort a mother who's lost a child. I don't have the words to comfort any family member who has lost somebody they love. Only that the Bible gives us. And the Bible tells us in Revelation chapter 21 and verse number 4. That God's going to wipe away every tear from their eyes. And there's going to be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more more pain for the former things have passed away. That's a good place to give God glory right there. Amen. By appointment only. Hallelujah. One day that old last known enemy of mankind, Sister Zena, known as death, the grim reaper, will have made his final move, amen, and he will have no more power over death, thank God. But we're going to live with God forever. Somebody said, how long is that? I said, as long as God himself shall live, so shall we ever be with the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Carrie Job is a Dove Award-winning artist, and Carrie recently shared her testimony by revealing some very interesting truths. And she was highlighting upon a passage of scripture in the book of Acts, chapter 8, and verse 26, when Luke writes, Amen, of these words. He tells us that, that uh, the angel of the Lord spoke to Philip and said, Arise and go toward the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. And this is A desert. If you would study the life of Philip up to that moment, he was on fire for God. God was using him in more ways than he probably ever thought possible. But out of nowhere, God said, I need you to go somewhere else. How many have us ever placed our posi- ourselves in a position where we felt like we were being effective for God? And then out of nowhere, God said, "Oh, I need you to pick up the tent pegs and I need you to move somewhere. Anybody ever been there in life? Anybody ever experienced that? I can tell you firsthand that I've experienced that in my own life. But Carrie highlights this scripture in her testimony. And I'm quoting. Carrie says that divine appointments are spirit-led meetings that give us the opportunity to be used in God's service for the advancement of His kingdom. There was an Ethiopian official. The Bible called him a eunuch. He was from the land of Ethiopia. And he was reading uh, when Philip found him. He was reading... A passage from the prophet Isaiah. And it was God who sent Philip by to explain who the prophet was reading about. When Philip explained the prophet, Amen, opens his heart for salvation. And then finding a body of water, they baptize him. Philip baptizes him. We understand that after this eunuch is baptized, that, that 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 Philip disappears. God had another assignment. Amen. Now, I don't know how you might translate that, but the Bible makes it clear that the Spirit moved him. So he was transported to another place. What we need to understand is that divine appointments consist of placement, of timing. And of faith. Do you know that even today, thousands of years after that took place, that Ethiopia is surrounded by Muslim countries? But yet there remains in Ethiopia over 30 million Christians. Hold that, one, hold that thought for a moment. Over 30 million Christians practice the Christian faith in Ethiopia, a country that's surrounded by Muslims. You say, how in the world can that be? Because Philip was sent by appointment only to witness the word of the living God to one Ethiopian official who did not understand the prophet Isaiah's writing. I wish I had some help in this place. What we need to know is that if Philip had not obeyed the voice of God, if Philip would have said Lord I'm too busy can't you see that things are going well here God can't you see that my life is flourishing in this evangelistic ministry if Philip would have said not now God I don't have time do you think there would be 30 million Christians in Ethiopia today come on saints of God it's because of the witness of one anointed man of God who uh, obeyed the voice of the Lord that that man got saved and there There's no telling in time how many other people he told about Jesus Christ. By appointment only. We read on one occasion where Paul said, I am a straight betwixt two, not knowing whether to come or to go. But it was the Holy Spirit that then gave him direction. He received those instructions and moved at the call of God. And countless lives were impacted all because of his obedience to the voice of God. Carrie concludes her testimony by encouraging us to understand that God wants to use us as soon as we can open up our busy schedule. Oh, my. There were two things Philip was. Philip was obedient, and Philip was available. Help me, somebody. I said, Philip was obedient, and Philip was available. I want you to know that God himself carefully orchestrates divine appointments. God does. My mind takes me to a story that we are often not too familiar with because the book of the Bible in which it is written is not spoken on many times. But it's a book of the Bible where the name of God is not even mentioned. It's the book of Esther. It's the book of Esther. And we need to understand that this book is a life and death drama When a high ranking official in the royal court by the name of Haman, many would consider him to be the prime minister of Persia, when he, through pride and through arrogance, prejudice, wanted to exterminate all Jews. Let me rewind. Can I rewind? The Assyrian Empire was the first to rise. Against the people of God. Followed by the Babylonians. In time they were followed by the Medo-Persians. During the writing of the book of Esther. The Medo-Persian empire was the strongest empire on the face of the planet. And what we need to carefully consider is that. When they overthrew the Babylonians. That many of the Jews were released and allowed to go home. But many stayed. Many stayed. So during the process of this time. It's Haman this guy who hates the Jews. Didn't Jesus tell you you'd be hated because you're a Christian? Hello? Didn't Jesus say because we're associated with him that the world would hate us? Then why are we still stuck on winning somebody's approval? Why are we still stuck on if we're favored in the sight of man? The truth is if we're favored in the sight of God, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. And so what we see in the book of Esther is this. It's this life and death drama that unfolds when Haman launches this plot to destroy all the Jews. But there happened to be this beautiful little Jewish girl whose name was Esther. And she was an orphan who had been cared for by her uncle Mordecai. Lord help me just a few moments. I want you to know, praise the Lord, that through divine providence, somebody say that with me, divine providence. What is that? That's the prearrangement of things orchestrated by the hand of God. Brother Anthony, when I pull up on this parcel of ground, I can't help but think about the the, the prearranged hand of God that went before us in connecting us with those people that our church family, Brother Jesse, Sister Nancy knew, and then through them that God blessed us to receive this parcel of land and how that through that glory to God, we talked to the state officials who said, I don't know why we would shoot by there with phase one of a county water plan uh, because that's a dirt road. Why in the world would we do that? I said, sir, I'm standing on the property right now and that road in front of me, it's not dirt but it's paved. Amen. He leaned over on his truck and said, I have no idea why that would happen. It was in an instant that the Holy Spirit said, "Uh, tell him this, it's because God looked down through the telescope of time and saw glory to God through his divine providence that he would erect a Structure there in his honor. I said, sir, do you believe it could probably be because in the future that God wanted to build a church right here on this piece of property? I don't expect you to get as happy about it as I can. Uh, But it was by divine appointment only. It was by appointment only. Somebody ought to raise your hand and glorify God. And I got some startling news for you because the best is still yet to come. The best is yet to come. I want you to understand that God orchestrated the affairs of humanity both by direct and indirect intervention and arrangement to ensure the preservation of the Jewish people. This little girl was an orphan cared for by her uncle and he became, praise the Lord, a ranking official in the Persian population. But when he hears of this edict that Haman has devised, He understands something real significant. Number one, that he's a Jew. And that Jews cannot appear before the king. You think he wanted to make his request known? Of course he did. But he knew, Brother Tommy, because he was a Jew, that according to Medo-Persian law, he could not appear before the king. So what does he do? He mourns in sackcloth and ashes. And then he has his own eunuch, Hatath, to present Esther, who has now been promoted to the office of the queen. Can I rewind just a minute? Yeah. Talking about divine appointment. God have mercy. Brother Ernie, he raises up this Jewish woman in the Medo-Persian Empire and he makes her the queen. You want to know why he made her the queen? Because Amen, he got several of his officials drunk and he wanted his wife Vashti to parade herself and her beauty in front of them and she declined. And you know what happened? That according to his own law, he was so embarrassed. He said, look, this woman ain't got no business being the queen. So then what does he do? He tells his officials that they ought to align or put in place. If you'll look at Esther chapter 2 and verse number 2, you'll understand what I'm saying. He said, the king's servants who attended him said, let beautiful young virgins be sought for the king. How many of you know Esther was a beautiful young virgin? Come on somebody. How many of you know that through divine appointment that God had left her right there, right smack dab in the devil's backyard because God wanted to use her to preserve his people. You ought to get off me this morning and let God bless your heart there's some of you in here that the devil tried to wipe out but God said I'm not finished yet I'm not finished yet. the devil tried to take him out but God said I'm not finished yet the queen's actions, Caused King Ahasuerus to act hastily. And he declared a law that banished Vashti as the queen. It was in that instant that Esther was promoted to that spot. And somebody said, why in the world was Esther promoted to that spot? The king didn't even know she was a Jew. But how many of you know that in the process of time, God's going to make his plan known? Hello? I said, in the process of time, God's going to make his plan. Let me tell you something about God. God's not a glory hound. God's not one of those people at the church that wants to do everything to be seen. He wants to sing on the choir. He wants to lead the praise team. No, God would be content with parking cars and cleaning the toilet. Can I get an amen, somebody? Because God is comfortable in working behind the scenes. I want to tell you that God's got some people, Brother Bobby, that don't mind being insecure. God's got some people who don't want praise, who don't want acclamation. God's got some people who will work secretly and quietly behind the scenes, knowing that in the presence of God, they're going to receive their just reward. You think she was there by coincidence? There's no way. There's no way. But if you'll look at Esther chapter number 4 and verse 13 and 14, you will have a clear understanding of why that Esther was in the position she was. Mordecai unveils the reality of Esther's presence, amen, in these verses. Let me read them to you. Mordecai told them to answer Esther. Somebody ought to receive that in Jesus' name. Somebody ought to lift your hands right now and say, the hell I'm going through. Amen, I'm here for a time such as this. Somebody ought to stand on your feet and say, I thought that I couldn't make it. But I'm here for a time such as this. Somebody ought to stand up and say, with everything I'm facing in my family, God's kept me here for a time such as this. Somebody ought to stand up and say, you know what? The devil thought he had me, but Jesus came and grabbed me, and he held me close, and he wouldn't let me go. I'm here today, amen, for a time such as this. Amen. Esther saved her people. She saved her people. Because here's what Mordecai said. Mordecai said, do you think since you're in that palace that you're going to be spared? You wait till they find out you're a Jew. And we'll see what your fate is then. He goes on to tell her, amen, that God has called you. That God has divinely appointed you for a time such as this. Are you listening to me, saints of God? Let me tell you what, the devil worked through Haman. Hello? Don't get mad at the devil, he's working through people that you know. Hello, don't get mad, don't get mad at the devil. You need to get mad at the people behind him. Oh my somebody. Oh my somebody. People can't concoct these things on their own. It comes from the devil. It comes from the enemy. We heard John 10 and 10 the devil come forth to kill, to steal and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and that life more abundantly. You know what Mordecai was saying, Sister Mertens? I believe that God will send deliverance in another form. But what I really want to believe in my heart is, is that God has strategically placed you in the palace as the queen of the Persian Empire. So you can save your people from annihilation. That's what I believe. Guess what I believe? And guess what happened to the devil that tried to destroy him? He got destroyed. And guess what happened to Mordecai? I can't hear nobody witnessing in this place. I said, guess what happened to that humble servant Mordecai? He got promoted. You know how high it went up? Uh, He only answered to the king. Y'all ain't want to hear what I'm saying because you don't believe that God still works in those kind of ways. But I want to tell you this. Amen. The Bible tells us through the writer of the book of Psalms, fret not thyself because of evildoers for they shall soon be cut down like the green grass of the field and wither. Amen. Don't worry about who the devil has employed, who the devil has got on his payroll to try to sidetrack you or distract you. Just understand this, that God has an appointment Amen for you. He's divinely placed you where you are. And he'll not let you perish. He'll not let you perish. But God will preserve you. Haman was destroyed by his own plan and devices. Some of y'all act like y'all scared to shout on that. But it's the truth. It's exactly what happened. I thought about it like this. There's a strategic game that's called chess. Anybody ever heard of it? It's a high-end version of checkers. I'm going to just lay it out there like that. How many played checkers in your life? Played a bunch of checkers in your life? Brother Buddy said he didn't know how. That's probably good because you're a man and you've got a competitive spirit. And when you're a man and you've got a competitive spirit, you hate to lose. Are you with me, somebody? Y'all smiling, (laughs) underneath y'all smiling, I can tell you are. But the truth of the matter is, we don't like to lose at nothing. Come on, y'all. Fellas say, yeah, we let you win. That's a lie. Let me win. Truth of the matter is, praise God, I looked at this, this scenario just like this, and in my mind, Brother Jerry, I could see a chess board. Chess is a sophisticated version of checkers. You know what I'm saying? I don't have time to explain all that stuff to you. But then I said, I thought about checkers. Checkers is a commonly played game. And you know what God did? God just, he laid out that board. And the devil made his move. You know what they said when you made it all the way to the other end of the board, Sister Sonia? King me. Isn't that what they said? Isn't isn't that right, Brother Oceanus? You maneuvered your way around to the other end of that board and you said, king me, man. You know what a king could do? He had liberty to jump all over that board. He didn't have to stay in line. Y'all getting this? Somebody getting this? Somebody getting this, you know what happened in this game right here, Brother Robbie? The devil made his move, but God countered. Hallelujah. I said the devil made his move, but God countered. What the devil didn't know is that God had an Esther. You want to look at the devil in the most furious fight of your Christian walk that you are currently experiencing, and you are to say to the devil, it's your move now, Mister. God's already given me the liberty to make my move, and amen, I'm going to be used of God. What Esther did was she made a conscience choice. She said, I will not remain silent and protect only myself, but I will help my people. I'll help my people. Amen. Tell the devil it's your move. Tell the devil, checkmate. Because what the devil didn't understand is what Daniel did in Daniel chapter 2, verses 20 and 21. The devil didn't understand. Amen. Daniel is interpreting Nebuchadnezzar's dreams. You know who Nebuchadnezzar was? He was the king of the Babylonian Empire. And what happens? He has a dream. Couldn't get any of his wise guys to tell him what was going on. Somebody said, I know a little, I know a little Hebrew boy. I know a little Jewish boy down here. And he can tell you. Go get Daniel. Daniel tell you what it said. And When they got Daniel, Daniel began to tell the king what the dream meant. Look what it says in Daniel chapter 2 verse 20. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever. For wisdom and might are his. For he changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have no understanding. Say, checkmate, devil. Say, is your move now? (laughs) We say, the ball's in your court now. Oh, my, somebody. Can God use us? I say, can God use us? Or will we sit idly, bow, and allow injustice to occur? Because I'll tell you, Esther didn't. Esther had a choice. She said, I can be quiet and I can enjoy the blessings of this palace and leadership or I can speak up. Might cost me my life, but I can speak up for what's right. She spoke up for what was right and God gave a favor with the king. And in so doing, in the process of time, that little mourning guy named Mordecai who put on sackcloth and ashes, the little insignificant who thought possibly that he would never be of value or use to God, he's promoted to the second in charge in the Medo-Persian Empire. Oh, my. But I listen to people in conversation today. And I listen to people talk about how long they've prayed for something and God hadn't answered it. I listen to people who say that they've poured their heart and soul into seeking the will of God and what the Lord would have them to do. But the Lord hadn't given them an answer. And here's what I've personally determined. I've personally determined that you haven't heard from God because you've already fixed your mind on what he's going to say. Everybody starts out in the Christian journey wanting to do great things for God. Am I in the book? Come on, when we start out on this Christian journey, we all want to do great things for the Lord. Right? I don't know a single Christian that gave their life to Jesus Christ that didn't want to help advance the kingdom of God. Didn't want to do something meaningful or of great significance for the kingdom. But how many know sometimes it's not our appointed time? I say, how many know that it's not our appointed time? We had a young man in a former place of worship. He announced his call to minister. We brought him in. We began to mentor him. We began to share That oftentimes when God places the call upon our lives, that we don't jump immediately into action. we got to be still, and we got to hear the voice of the Lord. One of the ministers began to share with him the call of Moses and how many years between the time that God called Moses to the time he used Moses. Are you all getting this? And before the preacher could finish, that brother said, well, I ain't Moses. He said, hold on, wait, wait, wait a minute, Just just let me make my point. But no, he interrupted again. He said, I ain't Moses and God ain't calling me to wait 40 years. But God's calling me now. You know what saddens me more than anything? What saddens me more than anything is that brother's not even alive today. He's not even alive. So sometimes, Sister Cherry, we can want to do something for God so bad. That it clouds our ability to hear God speak. All right, all right. We become so enamored with wanting to do great things that we miss God altogether. Can I fix this? Can I fix it? The Bible tells us in 1 Chronicles chapter 17 and verse number 1 that David wanted to build God a house. Everybody with me? Everybody know who David was? Who did the Bible call David? A man after God's own heart. Do you think that David had a special connection with the Lord? Oh, without a doubt, he is one of the Scripture's most recognizable influences. He's one of those persons that if you mention him, people automatically know the name of David. The saddest reason is that he's known for his sin with Bathsheba more than he is the great things he did for God. Can I help you? The Bible said in 1 Chronicles chapter 17, and verse 1, It came to pass when David was dwelling in his house. He said to Nathan the prophet, See now, I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of the covenant of the Lord is under tent curtains. You know what that tells me? That tells me that David wanted to erect a house For those belongings. That he wanted to build God a house. A temple for the Lord. Amen. But let's look at 1 Chronicles chapter 22 and verse 8. The word of the Lord came to me saying, You have shed much blood. You have made great wars. You shall not build a house for my name. Because you've shed much blood on the earth in my sight. Are we talking about the same guy? Brother Anthony, are we still talking about the man after God's own heart? My, 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 many of us would have immediately thought a man through whom God did such great things that the Lord would be excited if David wanted to build him a house. But God said it's not your appointed time. It's not your appointed time. It's not an assignment or task that I want to give you. For you've been a man of war. You've shed much blood. Now, was David's intention wrong? No, he wanted to build an, a house in honor of the God who had appointed him as the ruler of his own people. But God tells us saints that he desired a man of peace to construct a house that would bear his name, not a man of war. So what happens in the process of time? God assigns that task to David's son, whose name was Solomon. Amen. Again, let me reemphasize, we can want to do something so bad for God that we can cloud our ability to hear the voice of God speak. We can want to be visible. We can want to be on the forefront. When God is really saying, "I, I would be content if you would just greet people at the door. I would be content if when the church needs some lawn maintenance that you would extend yourself. And cut the grass I would be honored if, if, if at a, a, a popular event you could stand in the heat of the noonday sun and park cars but if we want to do something for God so bad that we can't hear his voice Sister Lynn we're going to miss it am I right y'all don't, y'all don't shout me down now but we're going to miss it if we want to be that popular person because here's a common misconception. People think that ministry and leadership is all about things that it has nothing to do with. But I see how men and women of God are honored and how they're revered and how they're respected. Thank God that people have the presence of mind to do that. But that's not what it's about. That's not what it's about. Standing up in front of a group of people preaching or singing on. It's, it's, it's not about that. What it's about is about promoting the kingdom. What it's about is advancing the kingdom of God. And thank God for the people here at Harvest Church who extend themselves in the volunteer capacity. I would to God. I could pay every one of you, but I can't. But thank God that you have a heart to do those things that are behind the scenes that make what we do in a live setting, all oh, so much more successful. Amen. Thank God for you. But don't get so hung up on wanting to do something so noticeable that you miss what God is trying to say. I don't think David wanted to build God a house so he could be celebrated. I believe David wanted to build God a house so he could honor God for all that he'd done. But God said, no, I'm going to allow Solomon to build me a house. And boy, what a house Solomon built. Are y'all getting this? I said, What a house Solomon built. I don't have time for the sake of time, but in your leisure, if you would read 1 Kings chapter number 6, verses 1 through 38, and 1 Kings chapters number 6 and 7, you will understand everything that went into this house. Man, this guy incorporated the finest of earthen materials that included gold and silver, bronze and iron, wood and stone. Listen, the Bible goes on to explain to us that they were used in such quantities that the weights were immeasurable. Ain't that something? Somebody said, well, did, did, did David have anything to do with it? Yeah, David did. He had something to do with it. He helped gather the materials and he helped prepare the plans for the temple's construction. Let me tell you something. We launched out to build a home, and it took us about six months from the date we started till we moved in. Now, some of y'all have been so antsy, but like, good Lord, it takes take that long to build a house? That's because people like Brother Dwayne, they're busy doing multiple jobs at a time. He can't just devote time into your house. I'm helping the contractors, and they don't even know it. I ain't heard of one of them say amen. This is the truth. People of those skilled trades like plumber, electrician, you know, carpenter, things like that. Jerry, they can't put all their eggs in one basket and focus on one project at a time. So they have a lot of oars in the water. Am I right? It took us six months from the day we broke ground on our place till we moved in. And that's just our little old house. But when you begin to look at the dimensions of this house it blow your mind Are you listening to me When you look at all the finest of earth and material that was incorporated in this house you sit back like wow Wow So now you better believe it didn't take 6 months to build it Anybody want to know how long it took It took 7 years to build the house of God the temple 7 years Let me tell you something. Seven represents completion. Seven represents perfection. Are you listening to me, somebody? And when they built that thing, you getting this? When they built it at the dedication service, the Shekinah glory of God filled the temple so the priests couldn't even perform their duties. Y'all want to say hallelujah to the Lamb of God. So what was that? I'm going to tell you what that was. Brother Greg, that was God's approval of the temple that had been erected in his honor. You want to do something that honors God? How many today want God's approval? How many want God's favor on your life uh, in this room today? Come on, let me see your hand if you're not afraid. How many want divine favor and approval on your life? Then set yourself to hear the voice of God as he speaks and operate, amen, in your sphere of operation that God has given you. Don't want to be so visible. Don't want to be so noticeable. Don't want to be so celebrated that God can't use you to do the small things I'll never forget Don register as long as I live that's Sister Virginia she tried to push him in the choir with everything she had I believe she'd have had a wheelbarrow she'd have put him in it and said Don you gonna sing in this choir Don repeatedly said "Hun, I can't sing I love Sister Virginia she is persistent in her efforts He said, Don, the Bible said make a joyful noise to the Lord. So there'll be enough other voices that, you know, you'll blend right in. Jenny, what happened when we go to that conference? We go to that conference, and boy, we get into that session. And that conference speaker gets up there, and he says, if you can't sing for God's sake, don't try. And Don looks at Virginia and said, I've been trying to tell you this the whole time. Now you tell me God isn't good. Won't the Lord bless you? Yeah, you say that's kind of comical and we get a little laugh out of that. But the truth of the matter is this. We can want to do something so bad for God that we can miss altogether what God wants us to do. Oh my somebody, I love you in the love of the Lord. That house of God was built with such reverence. If we look all the way back in the book of Exodus chapter 20 and verse 25. We're going to find out something pretty amazing. This is Moses. Moses speaking to the people. Moses said, if you make me an altar of stone, you should not build it of hewn stone. For if you use your tool on it, you have profaned it. Brother Gerald, can I tell you something? That the whole seven years that that house of God was being built, There were no tools on the site of the temple. Those stones, Brother Greg, that they incorporated in the building of that thing, they were shaped before they ever got to the construction site. Some of y'all ain't getting this. Seven years to build a temple. How about that? Brother Tommy said, was that five days, a week, or seven days? Brother Tommy, they rested on the Sabbath. They didn't do no work on that day, but seven years in constructing that place. They didn't have a skill saw. They didn't have a drill. They didn't have a hammer. None of those things you could hear the sound of while that temple was being constructed because everything was done in advance. That's how much reverence that they gave to this house of God. David said, man, it ain't right. I'm living in this nice house. And there are the Ten Commandments hiding behind a curtain. So he erected for God a house. But I want to help you with a history lesson. 586 B.C. Amen. The Babylonians came in there and tore it down. Ravished the house of God. Well, there were others who were constructed. Others were built. Even after all the captivities and after all the exiles. There was still a temple built. Do you know that today, on the site where the temple once stood, is the doom of the rock. Today, right now. And I want to tell you something. If those people thought that that place, during that time, was erected to invoke fear in the hearts of the enemy, that God showed them he didn't live in a house, because the enemy came in and destroyed that structure. But God lives in the hearts of his people. Stand with me all over this auditorium, would you? Stand with me. I'm trying to help somebody today. The Bible said, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. I'm trying to be a blessing. I'm trying to help somebody. But if you've already predetermined what God's going to say in your request, then God's not going to get through to you. So you need to clear your mind and any preconceived notions in whatever capacities you feel that you're deserving of. And you need to say, God, in whatever way you desire to use me, I'm available. And not only am I available, but God, I position myself to be obedient to your voice when you speak. Do you know that if Philip hadn't have left... His thriving ministry. To go down to meet that Ethiopian. There wouldn't be 30 million Christians in Ethiopia today. Listen to me, Saint of God. God wants to use you. Can you hear Him when He speaks? God wants to touch your heart. So today that you will undeniably, unmistakably hear His audible voice when He speaks to you. He wants to use you in ways that you never thought imaginable. So open your heart today to hear the voice of God as He speaks to you. Listen intently as God gives you direction. And when you do, you'll find yourself in the place of blessings. In John chapter 15 and verse 16, here's something real important to us as believers. This is the doctrine of divine election. The teaching upon which divine election is promoted. What does it say? Jesus is speaking. Jesus saying, you did not choose me. But I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. Am I speaking to anybody in this congregation? Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Am I speaking to anybody? Would you raise your hand? Has the Lord used this message on today to speak to your heart? Come on, raise your hand all over the building. God bless the hands that are going up. The hands are going up all over the place. So I know that without a doubt that we today have obediently shared the word of the Lord with this group. Maybe you need to find a place to kneel and pray. The order of the Lord is open today because here is one of the greatest comforts of you and I as a Christian. Say, preacher, what is that comfort? I've I've heard so many promises of the Word of God. I've heard the Bible issue so many statements with regard to the presence of the Lord. But preacher, why is it that during a difficult time in my life, why is it that I'm facing insurmountable hardships of which I find no way to overcome? Why is it that during those times, that when I, when I need the Lord the most, that's when He is not present? I want to assure you today as the people of God, That God is always there. Amen. Thank God. God is always there. Regardless of the situation or the circumstance. God is always there. He may not be leading the charge. He may be operating behind the scenes. But I can assure you today that God, He's right there. Yeah, he's right there. Glory to God. And the good and the bad, the Lord is right there. When your heart is broken, God is right there. When you feel you don't have a friend in the world, God is right there. And he's orchestrating your life to the place where he can use you if you'll just place your trust in in him well it ain't always been a bed of roses I don't know anybody that's lived a life where everything uh, was all good I I know some folk including myself that have gone through some hardship but I can stand today and testify that I know I'm here by God's divine appointment I know for this reason I know like Esther for a time such as this uh, that God has called me and that he has Strategically placed me in this place it hasn't always been about a smile and always about a cheerful word I've had to cry sometime. there have been a many a sleepless night but I want to thank God today amen that the Lord never left me that has always been right by my side can I get one witness in this house today and I want to encourage you saint of God I want to encourage you to know that God is still writing the book of your life. That the last chapter has yet to be penned. There is much work to do. For the harvest is great, but the laborers are few. Then the writer says, pray the Lord of the harvest that he would send laborers now if I were to ask this question I wonder what our response would be how many today want to be used by God how many want to stand up and say Lord if it means that I I, I take part in something so insignificant that I never get credit something that doesn't mean enough that I would ever even be recognized how many would say I'm willing Lord even to do that today for the glory of your name and the glory of your kingdom who needs to come Who needs to come? I have to anoint a a cloth today, so I'm going to ask a few of these brethren to join me. Sister Doreen is coming, the ushers are already in place. We're going to pray for these needs, and we're going to trust God. Hello, somebody. I said we're going to pray for these needs and we're going to trust God at his word by appointment only Amen God it's the word of the Lord that says we have not because we ask not John 14 and 14 says but if you ask anything in my name I will do it amen pastor what are you trying to tell me God said we can't ask amiss we can't ask ignorantly we have to be direct when we ask God for something that's what we need to do saints of God come on amen people coming from everywhere the order of the Lord is open hallelujah God today at His everlasting Word. There's some healing taking place right now. In the name of Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit is moving forth to meet needs right now. Right now. Glory to God. Father, in the name of Your Son, Jesus, we follow the order of Your Word. We've anointed this our sister. Right now, I pray, oh God, that You would speak to that knee that is inflamed Lord, signify, and Father God, something is not as it should be. Release your power and presence in this moment right now that heals her. In the strong name of Jesus, we believe as we've prayed. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you for coming, Sister Vicki. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That great faith. Amen. That's what God. That's what God rewards. God rewards effort today, friend. Praise the Lord. God rewards effort. Your need would arise because the person who has the need is not present. But the Bible said this is the proxy, this is the order of the Lord's Word that one can be anointed in the place of another. So we anoint this cloth right now for that beautiful little granddaughter. Amen. Amen, and we're asking God to raise your faith in this measure as well, right now. I mean, more children just have a way of tugging at our heart, don't they? We see a a little person who's not well, and it rattles us because we want to be well for them. God is able Ephesians 3 and 20 says now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to his power that's working within us do you believe that he's the God that heals I want you to ask him right now Lord Jesus heal this grandbaby speak to that infirmity in the authority of Jesus' name. And as we've anointed this cloth, Lord, let it serve as a reminder of the healing power of God. For Lord, you sent your word and your word healed them. And we believe right now that that word is the same yesterday, today, today. And forever. In the mighty name of Jesus. G- Glory Lord. to God. Hallelujah. We receive it in faith. That favor report. We believe it. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. God bless you, Mother. Praise the Lord. Amen. Mother said amen. Praise the Lord. And so it is. Thank God. Come on, brother. Praise the Lord. Let's be mindful of the Lord's presence, saints. Yes, yes, sir. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. The Lord is a healer. Amen. Lord, Our brother has moved today in faith. Refuting what the medical professionals have said, his heart is inclined to believe that you, the Lord, is God. You are a healer. Lord, many people in your word had great faith. And because of it, they were rewarded. So right now, based on the measure of Brother Thomas' faith, I ask that you reward him with the healing of his feet. We believe it, and because we have done so, we receive it. I command that discomfort, I command that burning right now in Jesus' name to take its flight. We glorify you and praise your name. Amen and amen. Thank you. Lord to do. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's the word of God that said I would that you prosper and be in good health. Even as your soul That we are well. Don't don't receive anything else the enemy would provoke you to think. Because God doesn't take any glory in our sickness, but it's the will of the Lord, anoint His back. It's the will of the Lord that you are well and in good health. More importantly, God is concerned where you are spiritually. And where you stand in him. Amen. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this family who has come. We thank you that they have responded to this altar call in faith, believing upon your accurate and everlasting word. Now, Lord, as you have healed in many times in the past, we summon you now to perform the miraculous act of healing in the now, in the present. And we pray, oh God, that your touch and your anointing is great. So great, Lord Jesus, that we will tell others of the wonderful things that you, the Lord our God, has done. We thank you in advance for your blessing and give you praise right now. In Jesus' name. Somebody lift your hands and glorify the Lord. Thank you, son. Thank you. Once again, God had brought Uncle Larry to the house of the Lord. It had been at least a few times that they didn't give him much hope at all. But he's still here. He's still here. plan of God supersedes that of man praise the Lord thank God that brother Larry had the presence of mind to say he wants to go to church because he believes in assembling with the body of believers and he believes that prayer changes things am I right? he believes that Amen. With a, with, with, well, a matter of fact with a certainty he knows that And that's what God responds to is faith. Amen. The Bible said in Hebrews, it's it's impossible to please God without faith. Now, I know a lot of people might say a lot of things concerning Brother Larry, but there's one thing you can believe in. He knows who God is. And he knows what God can do. Amen. Amen. Lord, right now, we approach your throne, Father. In the way that you made possible through the sacrifice of your son. For God, in ages past, you were so holy, we couldn't even approach you. But through Christ's sacrificial death, that veil was torn in two. And now we can come boldly to your throne of grace, uh, that we might find help and obtain mercy in the time of need. Touch, Brother Larry. Lord, this tooth that's causing him problems. We pray that you would speak to it in the name of Jesus, that you would comfort him as you have so many times before. We stand now united, Father, in faith with him and believe for your immediate touch. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. the Lord baby you can stand in her place because she know the Lord doesn't know Jesus as the Lord of her life and I want you to witness to her don't worry about what you'll say just let God speak through you just open your mouth and be a vessel we're all too often preoccupied with how eloquent we'll be if we'll say something out the way. If Philip would have questioned God, he probably never would have went to Ethiopia. There's a desert. There was a desert place. And his ministry was flourishing. But the scripture never recalls that he questioned God. He just went at the order of the Lord. I don't know if it stirs your heart today, but it stirs me to know that over 30 million Christians now live in Ethiopia. And I believe that it was because Philip obeyed the voice of the Lord. Now, Brittany, the enemy's going to tell you this is the hardest thing for you to do, to witness to your friends. But I promise you that if you'll open your heart and you'll say, God, use me. God will give you what to say. And it will help this young lady. It's awful that her physical health as it is it is. But you know the God that heals her. You need to share him you do that? Lord thank you for the heart of Brittany today who has come Lord standing in the place of another 28 year old young lady who has received devastating news Lord Jesus many of us feel at that time that we have a lifetime ahead of us but you tell us in your word that Your ways are not our ways. And your thoughts are not our thoughts. But I heard Jeremiah say, I do know the plans that I have for you. And I ask Lord Jesus that you would use the testimony of this daughter of faith to touch the life of another we release your power that brings about healing right now in Jesus name let your touch and anointing be great is our prayer amen and amen praise the Lord to thank you for being so cooperative in the service. I want to thank you for mine in the presence of the Lord. We're going to pray with Sister Pat. Sister Doreen is going to dismiss you at this time. Let me encourage you to be safe in all that you do. Keep God first in all you